Hello and welcome. You're listening to Voices from the Pews, the show that invites you to conversations with Catholics of color and those from communities of non-European origin, so that we can get to know more about each other's faith, experiences, and stories. I'm your host, Lorna DeRose. In the previous episode, my friend and colleague, Jamile Lima Pandolfo, told us about Moises de Acevedo's encounter with St. John Paul II, which prompted him to start the Shalom Catholic community, and how this community was such an integral part of her life growing up. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the first part of our conversation, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episode before listening to this one, where you will hear the rest of the story about Jamila's journey to become a missionary. I hope you enjoy listening. So three years living in a foreign country, learning a foreign language, customs, but also preaching the gospel and yet also learning about the community while that. Tell me a little bit about what that was like. You know, that was such an incredible experience. Obviously, it took me a little while for me to learn the language because I did not know Italian at the time. But I would say with six months, I was able to communicate and have a conversation with people. And I really fell in love for being in another country and be able to develop relationships with people and talk about my own experience with them and talk about Christ and bring them closer to, to the community. And obviously the whole process was to present them Christ and to let them know, like I, over my, over the years of my life, I, I learned that it was possible to have a relationship with Christ and that they could fulfill their lives, you know? And so we would do different activities. We would go and pray rosaries in uh, people's house. And I would, I would meet, um, I don't know, maybe the daughter or the son of the, the parents that were praying the rosary and we would become closer and we would start hanging out. And, and so then uh, the relationship would be developed or we would do concerts. And I remember like dancing on the concerts that we had there. Mm-hmm. We, would, we would have hikes and in these hikes, we would meet people and we would have conversations with them and all the little opportunities that we had to build these relationships were important for us to then present them to the main goal of the whole mission there in Italy. Now, after Italy, where did you go from there? So after that, I went back to Brazil because I discerned that it was important for me to conclude my university. When I went to Italy, I was still um, missing three years of my university. And so I went back to Brazil and I continued being a missionary, but I was a missionary in my hometown. Uh, which is more challenging <laughs> than when we when you leave everything. Uh, yes. But it was a good time for me to conclude my studies. And then my heart towards the end of that time was already restless for me to go somewhere else. Right. Yeah. And I and I remember thinking, you know, I 
maybe I could learn English. <laughs> maybe I could learn English. And, uh, and why not? Why not ask the community to go on a mission in uh, maybe in North America? And so I heard that the community was starting in Boston. And so I called the person that was building the mission and I asked her if she wanted uh, missionaries there now. But she said it was too much the beginning and they didn't have like a structure for people to go and serve there. And so I asked to, to go for six months to another community just to learn English. So I went to a beautiful community called Mount Zion in Michigan. And there I lived with a family that um, they knew the community because years ago, their kids had gone to Brazil to do the same experience that I was doing in their house. Right. Uh-huh. And so I stayed there for these six months. And then towards the end of that time, the responsible for the mission in Boston called me and said, Okay, so now we're ready. Uh, if you want to come and live here with us and serve in the mission here, we are accepting to have missionaries because we want to fully start the mission. And that's when I, I left Michigan to go to Boston. And that was 2015, May 2015. Amazing. Now, tell me. May 2015, you're in the Boston area and you have begun your life as a missionary there. Yes. And you are invited to serve in the Archdiocese of Boston. Tell me about this experience. That was a funny experience because one day I was in the house having dinner with all of, of the missionaries here in Boston. And one of them had met Natalia Pelicano. And uh, she was invited to come to the community and uh, with her husband, Brian. And we were talking there and uh, she mentioned that she was looking for someone to add in the team. And I remember my my boyfriend uh, at the time, my husband, that was my boyfriend at the time, mentioning, hey, uh, why don't you take this little lady here? <laughs> <laughs> this lady here, she has a mm-hmm. lot of experience <laughs> uh, working with all the cultures, and so why don't you why don't you uh, invite her? <laughs> and that's uh, what happened. Uh, Natalia, she she invited me for an interview, and so I started the process. And a few months after. I was part of uh, our, of the team of our team, and I had the opportunity to meet Lorna, Sister Elsa, and so yes. yeah. <laughs> that's how we started. That's how we started this this team of ours. Yes. yes, yeah, and that that's so amazing. And I know you've been doing a lot of amazing things with the Brazilian community, and now also working with the Cape Verdean community as well. Tell me a little bit about what that work has been like for you. You know, Lorna, I think I have been learning a lot, getting to know here in the communities. I would say not only not only the Brazilian or the Cape Verdean or the, the Chaldean mission, but being surrounded by diocese that has so many different cultures in one place is so rich. Um, it's so beautiful to see people's faith. So it has been for me an amazing experience to see the differences that we have and especially to see how this enriches us 
instead of uh, taking away. It really enriches our faith. And I would say more, I, I really believe that the different cultures that we have here, especially the ones that are still very fresh, you know? Yes, newly arrived. They bring so much uh, warmth, so much energy, so much youthfulness to our diocese that I'm very grateful that these people are here, you know? Mm -hmm. I think they have a mission. I'm not sure if they are all aware, but they have a mission to really bring warm this warmth to the American culture here. I agree with you 1000%. There is a fire, there's a flame that these communities bring. I, I think for me, it makes me feel hopeful about, you know, our church and our faith here in the Boston area, yeah. um, seeing how, you know, attending mass in some of these communities, just seeing their expressions of faith. Um, and seeing all that they're doing, you know, to share the gospel. Yes. Um, it's a very hopeful thing. Yes. I remember going to this large event that the Brazilian uh, community organizes for the Our Lady of Aparecida. And we went to Holliston. We had an outdoor mass at the, it was the sanctuary of Our Lady of Fatima. Mm -hmm. And it was so beautiful to see the families of the Brazilian community in this outdoor mess before that praying the rosary with the kids and then uh, during the coronation of Our Lady of Aparecida after we all had picnic in this beautiful green area exchanging food and talking and it, it was it was just so beautiful so alive to see all the kids they have a lot of kids and young kids and you hear all the screams <laughs> and all the all the all the joy kids running around yeah, yeah all the cool. joy you know among them and I keep thinking my gosh these communities, they have a lot of joy to bring to our diocese. You know, they have a lot of joy to bring to a, to a culture that sometimes can be cold, that sometimes can be very discreet and very reserved. Uh, but somehow <laughs> they bring this uh, like flexible spirit, if I can, if I can say, if I can say this, you know, but they bring this warmth and, and it's, uh, and it's really beautiful. And I'm saying just the Brazilian community, but I mean, when I go to mass here close to my house with the Vietnamese community and all the numbers, all the young kids, all the scouts praying. And so it's, it's just really pretty to see yeah, all that. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's an heartwarming and encouraging. And I've had similar experiences with other communities as well. And my heart is just so filled with joy. I guess that's the only way I can describe that experience of seeing young families bringing their children to mass, as you say, praying together, attending mass together. It, it just makes me feel hopeful for us yeah. here. Yeah. Now thinking about, you know, our communities and thinking about the families, when we think about the church worldwide, there are many missionaries who are coming from places like Brazil or uh, places in Africa, whether we're thinking of Uganda, Kenya, Nigeria, or sister, you know, from Mexico and other places around the world. How do you think missionaries like yourself, like sister, like others, 
will impact or can have an impact on the archdiocese, on the U.S. itself? You know, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. Not that we can really say how much impact we can bring, but we are here to serve. And what I have been seeing through the work that the community has been doing here is we are willing to do whatever is necessary for us to reach the heart of the people. And sometimes it takes time for us to learn what that is. We have to learn the culture. We have to learn how to approach people. We have to learn how to develop friendships, you know, but community has been here for now over five years. And not that this is a lot of time, but we're able to learn a little bit how to reach the heart of people, you know, and I think I can only say this, Lorna, through the testimonies that we have been hearing from the people that were reached. For example, my own husband, who met the community, and he never really knew that he was able to pray in a community. What I mean by this is obviously he goes to to the Mass and he's there praying, but his faith was very reserved. And over time with the community, he learned to share his life with others and even to pray for others and even to talk to others. You know, for example, I hope he's not going to mind that I'm going to say this, but a land has started and he felt that God was calling him to go to the to a square that we have here close to our house and and talk to the men that were there some were homeless some were people that are there just waiting to be called to to work in construction and he just went there and he wanted to pray for them and he started evangelizing them and he felt called to live this experience and and just evangelize and present Christ to these people so I, or other people like uh, Danielle Lapointe, uh, another friend that was part of this community, the missionaries in the community here, trying to reach other people would just approach people maybe at mass or maybe outside mass or maybe at the streets and would say, hey, we are part of Shalom Catholic community. And if you would like to get to know us more, we would like to invite you to meet our house, etc. And so in a very simple way, things started and we would have people joining the community and, and building up this fire to evangelize other people. Danielle, recently, she decided to become a celibate and give her life completely to, to the church and, and not get married and just really give her time and her effort to the community. And so we have other people that have done the same, you know? So what can we really contribute to the Archdiocese of Boston? I hope we can bring this warmth too, you know? I hope we can also bring this fire. I hope we can help other people to be contagiated with this love of God, you know, to really, we're in this time of pandemic, so to really infect people, not with the COVID, but to infect people (laughs) with the love of Christ, with this desire to evangelize and to approach people you know sometimes is uncomfortable sometimes we receive a lot of no's you know but sometimes we receive people that were just waiting to receive an invitation
Hi, this is Byron Lee of superblink.org. And if you're hearing my voice right now, you're most likely a big fan of podcasts. You might even be thinking about starting your own. If you're on the fence about that, here's some statistics that might help you make up your mind. Did you know that 55% of the U.S. population has listened to a podcast in the last year? Podcasts are an excellent opportunity to take a deep dive into specific topics, interview people in your industry, or just chat with friends. Superblink is a proud sponsor of the Penny Forward podcast. For more information, visit superblink.org. And, you know, one of the things I'm hearing throughout this, too, is just that building relationship, building relationship with Christ, building relationship with one another within community, but also inviting others to come into relationship with not only the community, but with Christ. So I think that's an important piece that I think so many of us forget, because I think here in the U.S., it's such an individualistic culture yeah. that that piece of building relationship, it's not just you and Jesus. Yes. It's more than that. And yeah. we're called to, to be in community with him. Yes. And we're called to be with him. Yes, of course. But we're called on this journey to walk with one another. Exactly. Yeah. I remember uh, one of the things that our founder says is that we either all go to heaven or none of us go. <laughs> he talked about this because he says we cannot go to heaven alone. Right. Obviously, we are responsible for our for our own things, for our behavior. But what he means uh, by this is that we have a treasure, you know, and if we know that we have this treasure, we also know that we cannot keep this treasure only for ourselves. We really, we we're really called to share this treasure and make others uh, understand that this is a treasure. I need Christ in my life and I cannot contain myself. I cannot be content just keeping this for me, you know? And so it's, it's almost like a, a work that, that keeps going. I had an experience with God and I share my experience with others and others now share, share their experience with other people. I remember one girl that I met praying the rosaries when I was in Italy. She was Catholic, but not really so close to the church. And she, over time, started getting to know the community, really develop a relationship with Christ, got got to know that this was actually possible. And over time, she decided to also become a missionary. And uh, she has now gone to so many different countries to evangelize. She has gone to London. She's, uh, she's back in Rome now evangelizing too. And it's just like incredible uh, to see what like a little thing. Sometimes I think, what if I haven't, what if I had said no? And I, and I had not gone to her house to pray the rosary. Maybe God would find another way to care, you know? Right. God always find, you know, if we say no, God knows what will happen next. Yeah. But, um, but, but what if we say yes, you know, how exactly. much and can he do with our yeses, you know? Yes. And, and multiply it even more beyond what we ever could imagine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. This has been an amazing moment. And I just have one more question for you. And now that you're here in Boston serving the ethnic communities, but you're also a mom and a wife (laughs) and tell me about the amazing Matthew and the beautiful baby girl. (laughs) Yes, you are totally right. Amazing Matthew and amazing girl. (laughs) Yeah, so I have been uh, married uh, now uh, for almost three years, and I have my baby girl, Rafaela Maria, and she's now 10 months old. I was blowing kisses at her the other day. Yes, (laughs) she's very friendly. She is. And uh, I actually met Matthew a month after I was actually not even a month, a week, I'm sorry, a week after I arrived in Boston, he came to meet the community. And so he says that he fell in love in the first day. (laughs) (laughs) I believed him. (laughs) But we had the opportunity to meet right uh, when I was at the beginning here. And a couple years after that, we got married. And it has been an amazing opportunity for me to understand that family life is a way of holiness you know it's an opportunity for me to be a saint because we are shaping each other all the time with our different temperaments with our different personalities so it has been incredible to know that i am with someone uh, who's also a missionary and who also wants to give his life to christ and and to help each other that when I'm weak, he helps me to remember me that that we need to keep going, that we need to keep investing our relationship with Christ. When he's weak, I remember him that uh, the value that our spiritual life has and that we need to keep going, you know. And so it's incredible to support each other, you know, to support each other in our spiritual life, in our human life, in our, I mean, in all the ways, family life, you know, it has been uh, incredible. And I remember that in the beginning, we would always say that we are brother and sister, we are friends, and now we are married, you know, so we really remind ourselves that we have this and we cultivate this friendship with each other for us to to grow together you know to grow together in the marriage and now to grow together and learning how to be parents because 10 months my daughter's 10 months I'm only I'm just learning I'm just starting to learn how to be a mother um you're going to continue to learn it is an ongoing process and now especially the the desire to really pass all this uh, treasure that I had the opportunity to meet that others presented to me that my mother presented to me to my own daughter that's beautiful and that's amazing and so one last question and I know I said that before but this is truly the last one (laughs) thinking about what advice would you offer to someone who is currently thinking about how to live out their life and live out their faith in Christ, what advice would you give them? I hope I can give a good advice. (laughs) Well, help you help, you know, come Holy Spirit. (laughs) Come Holy Spirit. Yes. But you know, I think for me, the two things that were very important was first having good references. 
seeing good testimonies, you know, testimony of people that really loved Christ and seeing how they follow Christ, you know, what do they do? And that's what I saw. I saw my mother and I saw other people developing a relationship with Christ, you know, and I, I would say that, I mean, for me, this is the first thing, you know, you want to know what plans God has for you. You want to know what is the road that he's calling you to go develop a relationship with him, get to know him, spend time with him, you know, because more than we want to know what God wants for us, he wants to share with us what he wants for us. You know, I know that sometimes we're anxious, we're, we live different times in our lives and Either we want to get married, we want to find the person, uh, the right person for us, or we want to discern if God wants us to go to, I don't know, to the seminary or to the religious life or to get married or, you know, it could be so many different things. But giving time to God, giving time to develop this relationship with him is, I would say, is the most important things for us to get there. So then we know that we're going to the right road. You know, we're not we're not taking like the road that we didn't suppose to take, a road that is not really um giving giving us peace, you know. God knows what is best for us, you know. He really knows. And maybe get exposed to other communities, you know, to to hear what they do and to know what what how they live or, you know. But I think I would say this like invest in your relationship with Christ you know sometimes we invest in uh, many different memberships you know when we want to become pro in something right we we invest in in uh in memberships either if it's uh whatever it is like I want to become strong I go to the gym I want to <laughs> I want to become a belly dancer I'm going to invest like paying this this place to go you know but if we want to invest in knowing what God wants for us, we, we got to invest in our relationship with him. You know, we need to listen from him. I think that's well said. Good. I hope it's a good advice. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm sure it is. And I hope it touches the heart of someone who's listening today. Jamile, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with me today. It's been such a pleasure getting to know your story even more today so thank you so much i hope you've enjoyed listening to the second part of the conversation with jamile lima pandolfo about growing up in the shalom catholic community in brazil falling in love with jesus and how she discerned that deep desire to be a missionary was her true life's vocation. Please share your thoughts about what you've been hearing so far on this podcast by leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review will help other people discover this show. You can also tell us what you think by sending an email to Voices from the Pews podcast at gmail.com. Voices from the Pews is produced by Lorna Verrose. Audio editing and post-production by Byron Lee. Music composed and performed by André Louis. Web hosting provided by Beyond the Brand. 
For more information about Voices from the Pews, please go to VoicesFromThePews.com. Thank you for listening. See you in two weeks. Thank you.